It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. Welcome to the Pipeline Podcast, coming to you live from Salt River Fields in Scottsdale, Arizona. It's Arizona Fall League coverage. I'm Jonathan Mayo, pretty much all by my lonesome. Mr. Callis is off this week. Tim McMaster's covering some other event in Chicago right now. I'm not sure what that's about. I don't think it's as important as the Arizona Fall League, what's going on. So as much as I could wax poetic for 20 minutes easy about how much I love the Fall League, I figured no one's going to want to listen to that. So I went looking for uh, the best talker in the Fall League. And he wasn't available, so I grabbed Brett Phillips instead. <laughs> I'm joking. Brett Phillips from the Milwaukee Brewers uh, joins us. Brett, thank you so much for taking some time. Um, second go-round for you uh, in the Fall League. Uh, how does that make it different, if at all, compared to, to last year? Yeah, you know, last year was a, was a great taste. I was only here half the year last year before going over to uh, Taiwan and Japan for that USA baseball tournament, but um, you know I, I know it's expected now. Uh, this this is a great league. I enjoy um, playing with the best prospects all across the minor leagues, and you know watching them go about their business. And also for me, you know I didn't have the season I wanted to have, so this is great opportunity for a comeback and you know kind of re- refine my tools a little bit, and uh, for me to to end on a positive note going into the off season. Let's put a pin in that for a second. We'll talk about your regular yeah. season, but this is not. A results-oriented league. You're working on things, and that still, this is a results-oriented industry, right? So I'm sure you want to put up good numbers. Uh, you've been drawing a lot of walks. Uh, I'm sure you're probably not hitting quite the way. You're, but what what are the the positives that you're taking away, even if uh, the numbers aren't you know what you would love to see them at? Yeah, you know, so far I'm just honestly going up there trying to have a great approach and put together the best at bat I can. Um, whether I'm getting a good pitch to hit or not, like you said, I'm, I've been drawing some, some walks here and there. But, you know, just trying to get better all around, whether um, I'm playing some right field now. So it's an opportunity for me to uh, get some good looks out there in right field. Um, on the bases, you know, um, just trying to be aggressive, uh, taking first to third, you know. Um, basically all around, just refining each and every part of those tools and those assets and uh, helping a, a team win. Um, even though, obviously, like you said, it's not necessarily result-oriented, but working on things, I'm, we're still out here to win, and uh, whatever I can do to contribute to, um, to the team to help win. So that's, that's a big part of me being out here as well. Let's go back to the season that you had, because you're a guy who had not struggled all that much offensively, uh, and this year you, you had that for the first time. What were the root causes of it, and, and what did you do to – Try not to, because I know that I think the human instinct is to one swing of the bat try to get out of yeah. out of whatever slump or rut you're, you might be in. And that's exactly what it was, you know, trying to get four hits in one at bat. It's physically it's impossible. Hard to do, it's, yeah. yeah, exactly. And uh, you know, I, I found myself in a hole first time really in my professional career, and which was actually looking back at it, it was great. You know, that's adversity. Uh, uh, and most of these big leaguers now they they've went through the same thing. Uh, I went through, uh, you know, 
Um, so it was just a matter of, it was a learning experience for me being, um, you know, not putting together the best season I had. Uh, I guess what I'm trying to say is, um, <laughs> you know, I just trying to overcome that adversity and uh, that the season didn't go that well, but that's okay, you know, put it behind us and uh, moving forward. Well, you know, it's one of those really, really tired cliches that this is a game of failure. The best players fail seven out of ten times, right? So, yeah. you know, better to have more of that when you're in double A than, say, once you get to Milwaukee. Yeah, that's, exact, that's exactly right. Um, you know, because, say, I got to the big leagues while just absolutely lighting up the minor leagues, and I get to the big leagues and I start experiencing this failure I did this year, and that's a lot bigger scale. You got 30,000, 40,000 plus the media looking down on you, and then you're like, holy cow, like I've never experienced this before. But now I've kind of got like a, a grip on those emotions and that failure. So when I am down in that hole, I'm not 10 feet deep before I'm trying to get out of it. I can feel myself, you know, creeping down uh, just – and I learned how to how to cope with it better. So it was good, good experience for me. Um, you know, there was positives I took away from the season. I walked a lot. You know, power numbers were were up a little bit, but uh, I still have to continue to work and get better. You know, um, there were there were a lot a lot of negatives as well. The strikeouts, which uh, I need to you know lower and stuff. But it's one day at a time. Um, not not getting ahead of myself and just putting one foot in front of the other and just keep going. You know. Keep, keep working hard and grinding. Now you said you're, you're, you're getting a lot of reps in, in right field here this fall. What, what's the, the biggest difficulty moving around outfield positions? Because I think sort of to the casual fans, it's like it's the outfield. I know there are different angles and the ball comes off the bat differently, but what, what's the toughest thing for you after having played, you know, more center field than anything else to, to see some time in right? Yeah, I've played uh, my whole, you know, all through high school and mostly all of my career I was, I've been in center field. So it's more of been like a, you know, captain of the outfield type. What when in right field, you know, you're not used to someone calling you off um, in the gaps, you know. But uh, like you said, the angles are are a lot tougher. You don't get this type of um, like the spin off like a righty or lefty. Usually, it's more true in center field. You get a, a better look because you're straight up with the hitter. But in the corners, you get that that slice going away from you, or you know. Um, the lefty, uh, you know, kind of like the pull at you. So that's one thing that I've been, you know, I can play each outfield position. I feel like I can play, play it at a premium the best uh, that I can. And uh, But it's just good to be getting the reps and kind of keep it fine-tuned. So, you know, when I get to the big leagues, if Craig wants me playing right field or center field or left field, I can help him whatever outfield position that is that needs that he thinks I'm, I'm going to help the team win. I like how you at first were starting to describe the, the, the spin visually. Yeah. I'm like, this is an audio podcast. <laughs> doing this with your hands. Yeah, the, you guys very, can't see helpful. what no. I was doing with my hands. He was, but. he was visually showing me the way the ball comes off the bat, so I get it. The rest of you listening, you'll just have to close your eyes and imagine it. Yeah. Um, what happens uh, after the fall league for you? You know, um, just go home, and uh, it's kind of like a waiting game for me now. It is my protection year, uh, five years in the minor leagues. So we'll see uh, what the Brewers decide to do, whatever it is. Um, you know, I'm, I'm just looking forward to spring training. I'm going to go work out and uh, 
get ready for the next year, and that's all I can really do. Well, I mean, in a lot of ways for you personally, it's a no-lose, right? Because I have to think you're either going to be put on the 40-man roster, and if I were a betting man, which I'm not, you're going to get put on the 40-man roster, but if you're not, someone's bound to take in the Rule 5 draft, and then you may get a crack. So it's like it's yeah, good all around, or it can be. Yeah, I agree. You know, I'm, I'm 22 years old, um, still pretty young, I guess you could say, but uh, the plan is, you know, I hope to be put on the 40-man, but whatever it is, whatever happens, happens. I'm just – going to be prepared for, for spring training with whoever it is and try and uh, win a job. Let me ask you about some of the other guys that you've, you've seen. I mean, we'll, we'll stick just with uh, within your organization mostly. Um, and you know, Jacob Nottingham is a guy you, you, know, you know pretty well. Yeah. But um, I was impressed that when I was out here the first week of the season, I hadn't, I hadn't never seen him actual catch before. And he was moving really well, better than the reports where it seems like he's come a long way. What, what have you seen from him over the course of this year? You know, he's – I've been with him since the Astros, and then he was a short stand over with the Oakland. But, yeah, he's evolved into uh, a great catcher. You know, you look at his size, and you're like, well, um, there might be some issues with his mobility. But this is a guy who played linebacker in in high school, and he's very athletic uh, and very strong. So back behind the plate, he's got a great arm. Um, It definitely shows. And mobility-wise, he's just gotten a lot better. Um, That's a uh, contribute to him being in like the weight room and a lot of flexibility. This guy stretches more than than anyone I know, and uh, it's a testament to how well he mo- he's been moving back there for how big he is. So I, I know that he is uh, very determined to prove all those people who say that he's not going to be able to catch that he can. Yeah, you know that's what it's all about. If someone tells you you can't, you know, as a human, as an athletic human being, you're gonna your first thing is you're gonna prove them wrong. So, you know, that's good. It's uh, good, critici- good constructive criticism from people who says he can't move. Uh, it's actually helped him, like you said. He, he wants to prove people wrong, and that's what he's trying to do. The other guy I wanted to ask you about is Isan Diaz, who's a guy who was you know, in the lower level of the, of the minors. Um, so you, you, you're probably really getting a, a, an extended look at him now. Um, I can't help but be impressed with how he swings the bat, especially given his age. It seems, even though he's a little bit out of gas, long season and all he's fit right in here man for everyone listening uh this guy is a complete stud uh, everything you read about him hitting um is it's all true and i i didn't get to hit play with him this year he's been in the lower levels but he's out here he carries himself like he belongs here like he's older he's the youngest guy on this team and he's got the best purest left-handed swing um that you've ever seen and uh very comparable to to Robinson Cano. This guy actually, when he's struggling, will go and look at Robinson Cano videos just to see, like, you know, what he does. And it's very, very similar. And like I said, man, he's he's a great guy um, for how young he is. He's mature in the clubhouse, which is always good. And um, he just he's carrying himself like a big leaguer, and he's playing like one too. So that's awesome to see. Definitely for for our organization. Um, you know, we're we're trying to put the Brewers here on the map, and I, I feel like we got a great minor league system coming up to, to help do that. Were you here over Halloween last year? I, I had left you right left. before, yeah. Are you a big Halloween guy? Not much, but I, I, I'm familiar with, uh, um, like, the costume practice. Is that what you're, you're going yeah, to? Yeah, yeah, I was going to ask you if you were going to get in on that. Yeah, so our team, um, you heard it first, is going to be, we're all going to be in pajamas, so, like, onesies and stuff. And, uh, yeah, it should be pretty crazy. 
Pajama day. Pajama day, my, yeah. Uh, my kids have that in school. <laughs> what is that, every Monday? Yeah, no, I wish. <laughs> that's that's me in my home office. Shh, don't, don't tell anybody. I won't tell anyone that. But, uh, all right, good pajamas. I remember seeing um, Pete O'Brien out here in a Peter Pan costume <laughs> taking batting practice. That's amazing. Yeah, it's all fun and games, and that's a day where, you know, grown men can come together and kind of, you know, just have some fun because, you know, we're we're professional almost 365 you know so it's a good good day to to do what we do every day but in a costume which is which is pretty funny it's pretty funny because most people would look at you guys and be like gary you're grown men but you're playing a game again for yeah a so it's uh <laughs> you already you already get to do what kids dream of doing all the time exactly anyway. all right well brett uh thank you for uh, filling excellent time uh, and, and filling i don't think we need callus and mcmaster come back you want to just do the podcast with me every week yeah you know callus you guys can uh just hang it up at home, and um, John and I will, will take care of it. So uh, you guys enjoy your vacations, and uh, Jim, whatever you're doing in Chicago, I, I, it's not very important. I know that, but uh, just know we miss, you missed out here in the fall league. All right, this has been probably the best edition of the Pipeline Podcast ever. My thanks to Brett Phillips. Talk to you next week.